Before we jump into today's episode, we want to talk to you about Internet Church. Rich, what is Internet Church? Oh, it's only the best internet gathering this side of the Kailua River. Is the Kailua River a thing? Maybe we should start over. <laughs> let's let's do it again. Ask me again. <laughs> no, let's leave it in. Now no, no, let's talk about Internet Church. Uh, internet Church. Actually, it's a thing we do every other Friday night where we all gather together, uh, encourage the saints in truth. It's uplifting. It's edifying. It's just a time to gather for about an hour on a Friday night or day, depending what part of the world you're in, just to be encouraged by the saints. You you think you would like something like that? Is the Pope Catholic? Uh, you bet your sweet bippy the Pope is Catholic. And uh, Justin, Internet Church is all about gospel freedom. It's good. I'm trying to think of the follow-up question. <laughs> oh, I'm like, man, this thing is lagging. Uh, all right. If No. Absolutely love it. So if you were going to... No. What are we going for? Are we trying to be funny or are we trying to be serious? I don't know. I I mean, whatever. I, we're trying to let people know that... Oh, <laughs> I'm not as gifted as you are in this department, my friend. So join us every other Friday night, 8 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. If you are international and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org slash circles and add the Internet Church Circle to your calendar. Welcome back to The Move, where we are vibing with the book 10 minutes at a time. You made a creative decision to start the episode like that. I have zero context for why that was the decision you made. What just happened? We just finished the last episode and we were normal. And then all of a sudden this happened. (laughs) Inspiration hits. Uh, That's what that was. All right. Well, we're looking for the next 10 minutes at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 5, 9. This is the part two because we wanted to put a pin in some elements of the conversation from last time. Primarily, we want to look at two things. The idea of Jesus being tempted Mm -hmm. in all the ways, which I have a huge question about that because the Bible does say that God cannot be tempted, nor does he tempt anybody. So like, that's an interesting question. The second one is the idea of through suffering, Jesus learned obedience. How do you want to start this off? Let us begin with Hebrews 4.15. Okay. And you tell me what you think about that. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Okay. So what do you hear there? I think back to my earlier kind of Christian experience of striving to still overcome sin in my own power and especially my own willpower and my own strategy, call back to last season, uh, and just feeling how impossible it was to live like Jesus. Mm-hmm. How, how, yes, I would say amen. Like I want to live like Jesus, be like Jesus, like all those things. Like I would say amen to mm-hmm. all those things. And yet feeling in a certain respect that God is kind of cruel because like, How could I? Yeah. This was fascinating is that if we assume a theology when we read this text, Mm. 
we think that this has to do with some sort of method that Jesus worked yeah. to remain without sin. He had the uh, inside information. That's right. He had the, the, the <clears throat> see, like, so like when you like learn a Rubik's cube, right? Mm-hmm. The first time you see someone, uh, maybe this is never an experience. This is just a re- revelation of how nerdy I was in high school. Okay. But <laughs> I remember the first time I saw someone solve a Rubik's cube, I'm like how in the flip did they do that? Because yeah. it's just magic. That's all it is. <laughs> Until you spend a little bit of time just memorizing the formula. algorithms, formulas, yep. and it's like, oh, it's super stupid easy. Anyone could do Anybody it if you just put it. in the work. I saw Eddie do it. Oh. Yeah, Eddie was figuring it out. Did you feel like that was uncharacteristic of Eddie? No. that's Because Eddie's super. No, that's very characteristic <laughs> of Eddie. Like, he gets on this next thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. Like, play with it for a little <laughs> bit. And then, you know, somebody needs gospel. He puts it down. He's like, let me tell you about Jesus. <laughs> As he's wiping away yeah, the tears. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, No, it's very much characteristic. But the idea of, like, if Eddie figured it out. I could do it. We could do this. <laughs> <laughs> no, not on it, Eddie. Eddie, I love you. But, you know, it's like, yeah, Eddie guy, we could do it. <laughs> uh, I felt like Jesus was the spiritual Rubik's Cube master. That's right. He was working a program. Yeah. He had inside information to the algorithms that if only I spent more time reading my Bible and more time praying and more time handing out glow tracks or fill in the blank yeah. that maybe I'd stumble across one of those algorithms. Yeah, but here, let me let me blow that up. This okay. passage isn't about us in any way, shape, or form. Man, it's almost as if the Bible is not a- about <laughs> you. You're not David. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You're not the high priest. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, we're certainly not the high priest. This has nothing to do with you. Okay. Right? So. This is addressed. This, this, this letter. Mm-hmm. Is for your hearing. But it's about Jesus. But it's about <laughs> Jesus. Right? So when we hear you, hear you. Yeah. It's about Jesus. Right? So when we go to verse 50, like, think about this. This is a people who are hearing this and they know that they can never ever be part of the high priesthood. So they would feel like I feel. Like well, they, they may be hearing this letter in the same way I'm like, huh? How? Well, right? There's a very key difference in the way they know. That they have no part to play in the priesthood. Oh, so while I might be like, so there's a chance. Yeah. They're like, there's no chance. Yeah. If they're not a male from this specific ironic line. Sure. They're not going to be priests. Okay. So I'm the fool in the situation because I'm like, you know what? Maybe if I just keep trying hard enough, I'll learn how to solve the spiritual Rubik's Cube. And I know somebody's listening to this wrong. But Jonathan, we're a royal priesthood. Yeah, only after the fact. Yeah. <laughs> only because of what he's done. Yeah, not yeah, prior to. Sure. Right? Sure. So prior to, the whole nation of Israel is dependent on this ironic line mm. to select the priesthood who represents them. And the other 11 tribes, like, it's like, you're not. Game over. It's a non-starter. Not, you're like, <laughs> like, I'm never going to be a priest, right? Yeah, yeah. And it has nothing to do with my behavior. Mm. It has everything to do with. You're just disqualified. Yeah. Who I am in my body. Categorically impossible. It's categorically impossible. So in 415, it's, listen to this. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness. Hmm. Like, oh, that's good. That's good. Like, we have a high priest who he's actually. Sympathetic he's sympathetic us. with cool. us. Right? Yeah. He's not part of my particular tribe. He's not from Manasseh or Ephraim or. But well, we know, got a Dan. shared experience. But we have a shared you know, experience. We've done some like, of the same he comes things. into our weakness. Like, man, how, how phenomenal is that, right? Because that's. Super cool. Yeah. He's one of us, right? And then the next line, but one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are. So he takes even a step closer to us, mm. right? But in taking that step closer to us, 
what then becomes the worry? Yeah, he's un- undone in his power. Like, uh, if you get too close, then... Uh, like, Is he still fit to be high priest? Right, are you like, sufficient for the job? Like, he's he's definitely... Okay, so he... um. He he understands our weakness. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, been tempted like every one of us. Uh-huh. Okay, 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 okay. Why? Because this is something we all know. Like, well, if you're tempted often enough, and at some point you're going to to break, you're gonna fall. You're gonna break, right? Yeah. But then, what does the pastor of Hebrews do? And yet, without sin. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so he's like one of us. Because the but, fear is uh, if the priest enters into that part of the, the sanctuary and he has unconfessed sin, at least the way that it was described to oh, me. Oh, yeah, no, there's... Boom, yeah, homie's yeah. dead. Like he walked into the most holy place with a rope tied around his ankle. If I'm yeah. not, like, right? In the event that there was unconfessed, they pull him out. Is that or is that kind oh, of like... Oh, yeah, yeah, that's... Is that yeah, apocryphal? Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, yeah, it can't be. Very much so. Yeah, apocryphal. <laughs> okay. But, you know, I mean, I think it's in some mission or something. I mean, again, I don't... In Leviticus 16, we are told that the high priest has to offer a sacrifice for the sins of himself and his family. Ah. So Implication be, if he doesn't. Has to be that sin. So what we're being told is that this high priest is... Fallen. No, this high priest here oh, sorry. can actually... <clears throat> comes close to our weakness and he's been tempted like us. And yet, he's without sin. Yeah. So in this very real sense, he is a valid representative before God in his person, he is without sin, mm-hmm. right? Even though while being tempted. And mm-hmm. so it's like, oh man, that's really cool. He he knows who we are. He knows what we are. And yet he never has given himself over to sin. Mm-hmm. And in some real way, he is still able to minister because he has not compromised. And yet he knows us and understands this because he was in our flesh. Yeah. So when you think about it in this regard, all of a sudden it becomes empowering and it, it, it produces confidence, right? Because he is actually like us and yet meaningfully pure so that he can intercede for us. Hmm. So it's not about, hey, Jesus is this example of a man Hmm. who can work a program to not sin and then he has access to God yeah. and because he did so should you yeah no. so the conclusion should never be you need to do exactly this like sure we can aspire to live our lives under the principles and and the the example of Jesus but that's not the conclusion of this passage the conclusion of this passage is Jesus is super dope yeah this this passage has nothing to do with how you ought to work a program in relationship to temptation because Jesus did and you ought to do the same mm. Jesus made a way but if you don't walk through it in in the sense that like he overcame this specific thing this so is this is this on. is the thing about the gospel, right? Okay, this okay. is the, right there is the line that just like just gets me. <laughs> like Jesus made a way, you got to walk through it. No, you don't. Oh, Jesus made the way, and he literally walked through it himself. Put us on his back. He tread the wine press alone. Mm. He gave us life and seated us in heavenly places even before we knew what to do for ourselves. It's the awakening of the reality that this is true in Jesus. This is literally written in the book in Ephesians chapter 2. That while we were dead, he made us alive. He did not give us an opportunity to walk this way and then prove ourselves as though we received that which he offered. No, he literally took us from death to life, seated us in heavenly places and was like, here you are. 
in Jesus, salvation is not a possibility, but it a reality. It is secure. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, Jesus cannot die. <laughs> and since Jesus cannot die, my salvation is secure. I can mm. either hold fast to that confession or I can reject that confession. That is it. Mm. And because I hold fast to it, then I live my life from that truth. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Like, I am not, we're not working a program. This is not a method. Like this is the unveiling of a reality because he came close. He was tempted just like we are. He tasted death yet without sin. And now he's passed through the heavens and that's your high priest. Hmm. But what about, but what about, what about? No, that's your high priest. But what if I, what if I, no, that's the high priest. But what about, how do you know? He was raised from the dead. (laughs) Sit down. (laughs) Sit. Oh man, bro. Like it's, you get this thing of Jesus as, well, he's our example. Yes, he's your example of the life you get to live because you're in him, because mm. he's not merely example. Mm. He is God and a man. He is the new theandric activity. He is the firstborn of creation. You got nothing to do with it. So I'll take things that irk Jonathan for 500. Oh, man, bro. <laughs> I, the gospel's so much better. Yeah, so much better. Oh, man. So let's go to this second. Okay, so the reason why this stood out to me, the idea of, you know, Jesus learning obedience through suffering. Yes. Because I think it reinforces this kind of medieval picture of God that Mm -hmm. uh, through self-flagellation and kind of whether that's physical, emotional, or mental kind of Mm self-abuse that we can somehow make ourselves more qualified. Mm -hmm. And it it just, it's just... One, that's already super weird. Like I think about like my heritage around Easter in the Philippines. Have you heard? I'm sure you've heard of this. Around Philippines, like they, someone is appointed to play the role of Jesus in the kind of Easter pageant, the play, so to speak, and to get literally crucified, mm-hmm. like to be mm-hmm. paraded through town with a cross, to have nails go through their body in a, for why? Maybe I don't know. Mm-hmm. I would actually really love to interview that person. That'd mm-hmm. be a fantastic uh, uh, you know, episode of I'm Listening mm-hmm. if we ever bring that back. But if I had a guess, it's because there's a certain belief that's a residue of the medieval time period that says through our suffering we become more like Jesus, or mm-hmm. we become better through suffering. We become more obedient, or whatever the case mm-hmm. is. And so this is like this is the context that I bring to this. Yeah, and it's good to remind myself. This chapter is not about me. It is not about you. This is about Jesus who is able to sympathize with us, who has been tempted like we are, and yet be confident without sin. This Mm. is exactly what verse 16 says. Like This is the logic of it. It's not about him working a program. Verse 16 in chapter 4. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we might receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Why? Because we might lose confidence if he was somehow compromised with sin. Mm. But the pastor of Hebrews is telling us he's just like us, was weak, was Mm. tempted, but yet without sin. So you can have confidence. Okay. Verse 16. So let us have confidence. We take that verse and it's like, okay, so then we have to perform without sin. And it's it's not about you. Yeah. (laughs) Stop it. Right. Verse eight of chapter five. Although, well, let's start with verse seven. In the days of his flesh. Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. What is that referring to? Yeah, that, that's clearly that time that Jesus was tempted with a magazine from his classmate who came home. Uh-huh, right? That's clearly that time that, you know, he wanted to punch his brother in the face. It's yeah. clearly that time. That, 
You remember that time when you were tempted with the magazine or wanted to punch your brother? How dated is it that we say magazine? Yeah, for sure. That we're temptation. old. <laughs> and you were so overcome with the temptation that you that cried. Not only did you cry, but you actually spilt blood from your head. Yeah. You remember that, Justin? Yeah, that remember when you suffered? Yeah. yeah you said? That was, you know, 2002. Right? Yeah. Like, no, that didn't happen. No. Right? This is in reference to nothing about us, nothing about our life or our experience, but it's in reference to a specific moment. Prior to the cross. Gethsemane. Hmm. Right? This is why Gethsemane is such a huge deal. Hmm. Because at Gethsemane, he's beginning to feel the weight of it. He's actually drinking the cup. Hmm. Right? He's taking it down to its, what is it, dregs. Yeah. Right? Uh, this is, uh, I think, Isaiah 63. This is the, the beginning of he's treading the wine press alone. Yeah. He's going into the valley of the shadow of death. And Jesus in his humanity... In his humanity. Like, I don't know if I want to do this. Exactly. Yeah. Because what is the great fear? It is the fear of death. Ah, it is the fear of nothingness. Couple chapters ago. That's right. Yeah. And he is going into the greatest of greatest temptation. It's not merely, oh, he was tempted with lust or he was tempted with this. Like, okay, yeah. Cool. He, cool. He's tempted with becoming nothing. Hmm. He's tempted. He's he's tempted with securing his life. Yeah, self preservation. Self preservation. That is, I mean, that's that the core. That's at the end of it all. That's what every temptation is rooted in: is self preservation of some way, shape, or form. And Jesus like, does not want to die. Yeah, that's clear. Right. If there's any other way, he does not want to die. Yeah. And yet, because of his great love for humanity. Hmm. This is what the Bible tells us because of his great love, right? Because of the father's great love, Ephesians 2, I think, verse 4, because of the great love with which he has loved us, hmm. they are willing to actually continue this hmm. journey, hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And Jesus is at some point left to make the journey alone. Hmm. He treads the wine press alone. Hmm. And the father bids him go alone to overcome the domain of death this is what's happening at the cross he's actually dying a death alone yeah side note i remember uh remember stumbling across this and blowing my mind when when we talk about jesus was a man of faith he never doubted and then people will point to that my god my god why have you forsaken me kind of a thing treading treading the wine press alone makes a lot of sense there but I also remember learning that that's an actual callback to the book of Psalms where, yes, there's this moment where there's, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm -hmm. But like just a couple of verses later, it's this triumphal overcoming, yep. it's this messianic prophecy. So in this moment, yes, he's treading the wine press alone, but it's not as though that Jesus was overcome with grief and doubt and fear and anxiety and his feelings just got the best of him. Like, no, even in that moment when he is alone treading the wine press, he's standing in faith saying, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. I have confidence that this is this is what I'm accomplishing mm -hmm. right now. That this thing is not God rejecting me. Like mm -hmm. it, it, it was just it transformed my understanding of the cross that Jesus truly did walk the walk of faith. Like yeah. he, he absolutely was. If we want to use the the, the language the, that that example there. And this is where he's beginning. At least I see him demonstrating positively or like very clearly. Mm -hmm that he is a priest in the order of Melchizedek. Because hmm. if you read Genesis, is it 15, I think, or 14, when Melchizedek appears, mm -hmm. what does he come bringing? He comes bringing bread and mm. wine yeah. that he gives to Abraham, yeah. right? Jesus, just prior to Gethsemane, 
starts breaking bread, bread and offering wine. wine and saying that it's himself and he's going to give it to the family of Abraham, right? So that they might actually have life. So in the same way that Melchizedek appeared out of nowhere, this king of righteousness and comes bearing these gifts of bread and wine to Abraham. Now we see Jesus who is about to go into the nothingness, right? If Melchizedek in Genesis came out of seemingly nowhere with no lineage and he merges in life, Jesus is doing the return or like this imagery of now he's going into the nothingness, Mm. but prior to him going into the nothingness, it's the bread and the wine, Mm. right? But it's my body, my blood, that's actually going into the nothingness. But on the other side of that nothingness, he's going to emerge in the same way that Melchizedek emerged, just yeah, through the Holy Spirit offering his life and body to us so that we might be empowered to live free from sin in the way that he was free and how he secured that freedom. So at the cross and through from Gethsemane right on through the cross, this is like the revelation, like the, the, the priesthood of this king of righteousness is actually being depicted in front of us, Hmm. right? So that what marks him as obedient is not merely, right? This is what Hebrews is going to go to. It's not because he comes from a particular lineage. Hmm. We, Israel, I say we, I mean, you know, metaphorically, Israel would have seen the high priest as being high priest because they're from the line of Levi. Hmm. They're from the line of, Aaron. But the reason why they have these super spiritual gifts is because of their lineage, because of their genetics. Yeah, yeah. Because they're from a particular line, this is why they are tasked to serve. Hebrews later on is going to subvert that, and this is the first ideas of that subversion. The reason that he is who he is is because in his person, there is life underived, unborrowed, fully original, and from the power of his obedience all the way to death and then his victory over death, this is what marks him, Hmm. right? A life that is incorruptible and a life that cannot be torn down even while being susceptible to death. Hmm. So we have a high priest that is that much better. And Jesus, in the days of his flesh, recoiled in the flesh just like we do because he was beset with this weakness of a fear of death just like we were beset with a fear of death hebrews chapter 2 and yet he went in because of his great love so he secured victory as he learned and practiced this obedience all the way up to death right Mm. now don't hear what i'm not saying jesus did not work a method Mm -hmm. he was obedient to god even unto death. This is the faithfulness of God being demonstrated so that by one man's obedience, the many are made righteous. Mm. It is not via your obedience that then you get made righteous because Jesus was obedient. Oh, Jesus is my example. He was obedient. Now in my obedience, I can too. It's like, sure, be obedient, live obedient, because that's the natural overflow of a person who's filled with the Holy Spirit. But this passage has nothing to do with what you need to do. It has everything to do with what Jesus has done. Yeah, he's the one. That He's the learned obedient this one. obedience. He's the obedient one in the real fear of death, in the nothingness of being mm. separated from his father, mm. right? Of not being able, like, am I going to make it out through the other side, right? Mm. And recoiling at Gethsemane. Oh, no, no. And yet he steps forward because he's the obedient one, right? It's mm. about him.